0: Hiya, mate. Hi, long okay. time no see. We're back.
1: I know. Well, we've seen each other online. Yeah. On the Zooms. Yeah, on on plenty Many of Zooms. And uh, when we were filming two weeks ago. But in terms of just getting a, being the chance to sit down and chat, probably since before Christmas, we haven't seen each other.
0: Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. It's, it, I know it's obviously it's different for everyone. It's, it's quite nice to kind of get back together with your friends and see people face to face and kind of... Just kind of chew the cud a little bit, have a coffee, and have a bit of a gab. So, yeah, it's uh, good to be back and putting, our, putting the world to rights and uh, putting our thoughts out there for definitely. Uh, well,
1: yeah. And we're, we're in like a change of scenery this week in terms of, we were just saying this before we went on to record, and then we're in the library in Shakespeare's coffee shop.
0: A lot more now. sophisticated than we used to, if well, we're going to be honest. Well, yeah. Well, usually we sat in the recording studio with Alex J behind the glass. Just now barking he's like, orders at us. Now he's now, he's, now, he's, now he's sat behind us, so we can see his beautiful little face.
1: I know, yeah, that's not too bad. He's a little bit more adjacent to me, though, so I can't, I'm not, like, directly to it. I'm in front of more your face and a sculpture of the bards, neither of which I'd say <laughs> are particularly beautiful, but I faces may. all the same. What?
0: Well, hey, anyway, anyway episode four. Episode four of the Arts Insider podcast. It is, it is episode four, isn't it? It is episode because four. we were talking about this before. Yeah. So we've had many people on before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to today's guest actually because he's um, one of those people that you kind of only see really one side to. So I'm mm-hmm. quite looking forward. to Obviously, you'll see the side to him yeah, that because yeah. you work with him all the time. But I'm trying. To, I'm quite looking forward to getting the side to him that the parents don't see, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So the other side to uh, to him. So yeah, I guess Mark will be on later on. So I'm really looking forward to that um but starting off this week let's start off as we always start off um good news of the week joe i'll let you let you start so anything that you've seen in the headlines or anything that you've done or watched or been involved with that's
1: made you happy this week i feel like last time we were on the podcast maybe maybe you know i i changed the the kind of vibe of news of the week a little bit on my end a little bit by accidentally talking rather than a quirky news story, more yeah. about one division. Yeah, it was very heavily one division based. Which, by the way, everyone thinks I'm saying one division, like one, like, di- like one direction division. vision. Well, that kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not what I mean. I mean WandaVision, uh, Wanda Vision. Wanda. Wanda Vision. Okay. Which is now concluded. Fabulous ending. Very good ending. And this week. Jamie, this week. What's this week, mate? It's the, it's the creation of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon
0: and Winter Soldier. Now, I've seen trailers for this. Now, if I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure whether I'm looking forward to it or not. I'll watch it 100%, but I'm not sure because obviously you're used to the kind of the big guns being in like, you, like Captain America and things like that. It's just kind of, it feels more kind of a, a sidekick sort of thing. Well, but I am the- looking forward to watching it because I reckon it will be good.
1: Here's the thing, though, right? Okay, so you know when you go, you know when you go to the Chinese? Yeah. And you order sweet and sour. Yeah. Sweet and sour spring rolls. Sweet and sour chili chicken. Okay. Right. Sweet and sour hoisin duck. Well, that works because sweet and sour go well together. Okay. they're opposites and they, they, they're like a nice palate. Right? Okay. The winter soldier. Yeah. Sour. Villain. Baddie, okay. Bit of a peppered past. Yeah. Right? Definitely. The falcon. Good guy. Sidekick. Got all the right morals about him. He's your sweetness. So much like how one of the powers that be at the art Centre thought we'd pair Jamie and Joe together. What a beautiful sweet, pairing that is as well. Well, sweet and sour, and I'll let you decide who's who. Um, someone at Marvel has clearly thought, sweet and sour, let's pop them together.
0: No, like, like I said, I'll definitely watch it. It's not one of those things I've, I've got really excited about, but mm-hmm. I'll definitely watch it because I watched, watched WandaVision and the first episode I was like, oh, I'm not really too sure about this. Weird, yeah, but, I think, but I think you'd
1: have to kind of... Bear it's with bingeable, it, but, isn't it? You, like, you get the yeah. full set and then you watch all the episodes together.
0: Yeah, so that, but I, I really enjoyed watching that, to be oh. fair. Yeah, really, really good. Um, my thing, my kind of not good news thing this week, Will, I was having a bit of a thinking of that. I thought, I actually really miss watching live theatre or watching theatre mm. shows. I'm, I've not watched a lot of the last couple of years because of obviously other things. Um, so I was kind of trailing through uh, YouTube. And did you know, Joe, that if you put in YouTube slime tutorials... As not like, the green gooey stuff. For some reason, it brings up feature-length um, videos of musicals, musical theatre. So last night, um, my, my missus was at work, the little blonde-haired Finley was in bed, and I watched Everybody's Talking About Jamie on YouTube, and it was very, very good. Very, very good. If you don't know about it, it's, about, it's, a, re- true, it's a true story about um, a young lad who wanted to be a drag queen, and he wanted to go to prom in a dress... And there was loads of hoo-ha and kerfuffle with the school and things like that. And it's about his journey. It was a fantastic show, some amazing songs. And if you've not seen it, uh, just look on YouTube, Slime Tutorial. Uh, everything, everybody's talking about Jamie. Brilliant. It's a really, really good watch. So definitely, if you, know, if you haven't watched anything like that or you're missing a bit of live theatre,
1: there's loads of stuff on YouTube you can get caught up with. So I know of it, and I know some of the songs, and everything I've already, he- already heard of it is is great. But what is... What makes it different to the rest? Because I, I honestly don't know. I don't know what shines about it. I, th-
0: I think I think it's
1: it's very northern. It's very it's very true to life. It's
0: not very kind of when you watch some musicals, they're very I'm going to go for my dinner now, and mm-hmm. it's very all uh, singing dancing. This is very kind of it's singing and dancing where where it needs to be, um, and it's very emotional in other parts as well. The staging in it is fantastic as well. The way it moves seamlessly. So anybody who's interested in staging or when we speak to, to Mark later on about directing and things, when we talk about stage and you know, how it can look really simple moving things around, you watch that, the stage is fantastic and it's the same set all the way through. Certain things move and certain lights change and it makes different different scenes. And I particularly enjoyed that, but mm-hmm. it was the story and like I said, it's very northern and it's very very down to earth. And you can imagine I'm sure there's people who are in class or in college and stuff like that who who feel like that Jamie Mm. Jamie, new on there, who's, who feel a bit like they, they can't be themselves, and it's very it's very heartwarming to think. Actually, do you know what? Doesn't matter what anybody else says. I, I can be me. I can make up this persona. I can I can wear a dress if I want to. I can do what I want to. So it's it's really nice, and especially in this sort of day and age where it's quite things are quite, not depressing. It's quite negative. It's everything's quite down because everybody's still still stuck in this lockdown. It's it's, it's it, which is a joke, but it, it's 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 kind of a means the kind of nice things back and makes you feel a bit positive mm-hmm. and look forward to going to see live shows again. And um, and it's also quite comical as well, so the funny bits are really funny. It's very witty as well, so I think it's one of those that any of our students could watch and enjoy. And I think any of the parents could watch and enjoy because it does cover a lot of different kind of subjects which are quite out there at the moment.
1: Yeah, it reminds me from the sounds of it a lot of Dear Evan Hansen where if you are you know 16 or if you're 62, there's an element where you can understand yeah. someone in that story. It's it's very much like, if you've seen Prom on Netflix... Oh, not yet.
0: It's very much like that, but dialed back a little bit, because that, mm-hmm. that's very over-the-top. Very spectacle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's also very good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's very much like that, nice. but yeah.
1: Well, in terms of then, stuff that is, you know, very novel and very much about celebrating uniqueness, we have just had our awards night. Yes, we have. An online one.
0: Yeah, it was a very different one. We were mm-hmm. when we kind of... Because we were wondering how we we're going to do this, and everybody loves the awards night. Like, it's the time of the year where everybody can get dressed up in the finest. The blokes get dressed up in the in the suits and the tuxes, and all the girls get the hair done and the nails done and the makeup done and they go out the dress, and everybody looks amazing. And we all go to the we have an amazing night, like all mm-hmm. the arts family together. So the issue was this year: how are we going to get get our family together, have our family family party, so to speak? And it was a difficult one because obviously because of social distancing and guidelines, we couldn't do that, but we still wanted to award and recognise the students, the people who had had a massive effect on the Arts Centre throughout uh, 2020 and probably will do through 2021. So for us to go there and do it in a social distance way and for us then to all get together and watch it together, um, for me it was amazing because being with your group of friends again, like it is, it, it's amazing. It's, it's just kind of, mm-hmm. it means things that are gradually, slowly getting back to normal, which is nice. Yeah. Um, now I know with this, your head was falling off because you were literally doing absolutely everything as you usually do. <laughs> we'll say, "Okay, Joe, we want to do this awards night." And Joe'll go like, right, "Let's get these drones in and let's get this down here and oh, go fully over the top as the Joe does." I'm fighting. For so, them. but no, it did an amazing job. And it's for it to for it to go down as well as it did. I think it was amazing. For people who don't know as well, we had an auto cue, which is oh yeah, the yeah. first time myself views. I think first of all, a lot of people have used it so. That was a different experience for a lot of us using that. But you, you personally, from a sort of technical side of it, the other side of it, what did, what did you get from it? What, what?
1: Now, to be really honest with you, would, would I personally want to do it again? I actually, I wouldn't want to do it again. Not because, not because it's too difficult of a production, not because of anything like that, but because I think it was fascinating to see how we could do it. Yeah but it was a reminder to me of how different it is when it's in person. Yeah. That being said, that's not to discredit the fact that we had what 30 30 households 30 yeah. homes or cameras online afterwards in what was probably the best Zoom call that we would had all year. Yeah, of course. James Jackson basically did an online Oh, concert. yeah, yeah. So I totally yeah, forgot about yeah. that. Well, you had the pink gins. Um, <laughs> they were good pink gins, to be fair. Um, yeah, we had we had that. We had visits. We had drop-ins. You know, Tony Hallam and Lindsay came in for yeah. a while. We had all of us on there. Everyone was involved in the conversation. And I think, you know, even in some actual awards nights, for, for I think the team at least... You're so busy. You're trying to do so many things, and then afterwards, you either are exhausted, so don't have the energy or capacity to to chat too much, or you're trying to speak to so many people. It becomes it becomes quite tricky because it's like, oh, have I I spoken to them yet? Them yet? Them yet? Because you actually really want to check in with everyone. Yeah. The the
0: only thing I can kind of kind of relate to on 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 the other side of things. Anybody who's got married and been. it's like mm. when you got married, and when you go around to try and see all the guests, it's an impossible task. You want to go and see everyone, you want to thank everyone, you want to say hello to everyone, but you, you're so busy. But you're so busy trying to say hello to one person, you can't say hello to. It's, it's like you're juggling about fifty p- plates. Obviously, you want to talk to all your all your all your friends and family, but it's difficult. But I enjoy that, and I enjoy kind of chatting to people you want you chat to, mm. and seeing all the kids playing around and playing together. So I, I'm looking forward to. To doing it live again next year, um, and yeah, uh, there's been like a couple of different ideas thrown around for what we can do as well. So exciting times, mm-hmm. I think. And I think if we if these ideas come to fruition, which I know there'll be some, there'll be some tweaks and changes, mm-hmm. kind of technically wise and things like that, it's going to be a totally different um, awards night to what anybody's experienced before. I think with the changing times, I think that's a good thing to show that okay. Pre-COVID, we were this. We evolved during COVID to the virtual one. After COVID, this is going to be the the, the new normal, what we're going to try in future.
1: I think that as well, you know, I almost feel a little bit bad saying, like, would I want to do it again personally or not? But I think it's because of that. It's like the year that it would only ever work to do an awards night online is a year like the one we've had. Yeah, of course. Which is what makes this year's awards night so special. No other awards night in the past or in the future will ever be that one. The others, I'll be honest with you, ask me about the 2018 one compared to the 2017 one. I couldn't probably tell you the difference. Um, I could have a guess. I can probably guess the winners. Um, But, you know, the 2020 awards night is always going to be one that is going to stand out as the one that was online. Yeah. Um, And we can't probably go on any further about giving a huge congratulations to everyone who who won an award.
0: Yeah, thoroughly deserved for um, excelling or... Um, proving themselves throughout a difficult time. People like Best Newcomer, uh, mm-hmm. Alec- Alex J. Well, do you mean it's he, he, he genuinely said that he was shocked after he didn't expect mm-hmm. it? Well, these awards, when we were kind of talking to each other about these, these names were the first names that came up and they were, they were quite naturally, it wasn't kind of, well, we think it should be this, that, and the other. It was quite naturally, okay, we think it should be this person, we think it should be that person because of they've done X, Y, and Z. And it's these, these choices are quite obvious. It, what 2020 has done is it's kind of made our job a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Awards night wise because usually we'd be sat around Mark's house with beers and pizza, with sticky notes on our head, saying who we're gonna, who we think is gonna get which it's award. It's a twisted and game of it really of heads is. Up. It's the it's the, it's the, it's the cre- If you if you filmed it for anybody, you'd people wouldn't believe it. It's just debating who they think should win this award and that award and arguments scraps with
1: Mike because he gives some opinion that yeah, but it's like always arguments, Mike. but.
0: Yeah, this year was probably one of the easiest years and I think all the winners are thoroughly deserved winners Absolutely. in one way or another mm-hmm. and I think it's good to also see it. I, I said this before, it's good to see different people winning
1: because
0: yes. usually yes. you, get, you get the big hitters that will win everything, They're the kind of people who join in everything but these are people that maybe in past years would be maybe not on the outskirt but not, not way down the list but maybe just on the outskirts because of one reason or another but during this during lockdown and during COVID, they've proven themselves in a different way. That, you know, I am, I don't have to be upfront and in the spotlight all the time. I can do this, that, and the other. And they've
1: proved it in the show that they are a valued member of this family. And that's why they've won the awards. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it reminds me of like, look, we've, we've not had shows for the last year. Yeah. That, is, that isn't our decision. We've not like pulled the plug on them. That's yeah. the whale that's yeah. made that happen. But you don't need a show to be spectacular. Yeah. Um, as a student and it reminds me of like if you look at drama schools there's courses in acting and yeah. there's courses in musical theatre and there's cor- courses in community theatre and yeah. applied theatre and one person is not always great on all three of those courses they yeah. may be great on one but Really not caught out for another one,
0: and and it's it's proved that with the things that we've done over lockdown, with with the the sing it, move it, uh-huh. and 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 the and the say it, which is just which has just gone, they, it's brought out people who maybe wouldn't have been singers thought well, actually, well, I'll do say it because I yeah, enjoy acting, yeah, yeah. or people who who aren't really kind of actors, oh, I'll do I'll do move it because I enjoy that more. Now, obviously, you were hev- you were heavily involved in in say it, um, obviously that's kind of just finished and we had some amazing amazing final performances in the final week there that whole process how was that for you and what
1: what do you think you got out of that process well I I think for me monologues in the art center world seemed like this kind of regal etherical thing it's like they they exist they, they float above the, the world of the art centre. They're almost... Yeah. You can't bring them down to earth and interact with them and do them and yeah, break t- them t- down t- tough, and the try t- them. T- yeah, there's, there's this. I think there's a pure stigma around it, like that monologues are, are tough. But do you know what I actually found when you got into it? They, they are just pieces of drama. They're, yeah. they're, we do so many scenes in a rehearsal for a show, and these are different, but no more or less challenging in yeah. one sense. And so if you're asking about like, what did I find from it? I think as someone who is training to direct theatre and create performances, it's that we should be bringing these, these, you know, what feel like cosmic ideas of these monologues, bringing them down to earth and getting them involved in sessions and and having a go at them and ripping them apart and recreating them. So I thought, I was so blown away by how good everyone was by the end. Mm. And... I think everyone took on the challenge. People made making monologues a part of their week and just isn't that boss when otherwise you'd just be sat on your couch watching the yeah. runs of Tiger King. <laughs> but,
0: but I do think as well, like the monologues, I, I, I think it doesn't matter how old you get, like even now we're having to look to start um, looking over our scripts again for the Evans family as yeah, well. Yeah, that yeah. kind of makes me a little bit nervous to kind mm-hmm. of think, I've, I haven't done this in like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of, not learn how to do it, but remember how to do this again yeah, and learn the yeah. things and things like that. Um, so I don't, I think whatever age you're at, is a bit of a strange thing to do mm-hmm. and it's quite a daunting thing to do. But I think they all did an, an, amaz- an amazing job with that. Um, so I, I I certainly don't think I could have done it if I'm going to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it'd be a little bit daunting for me. For me, I can get up on stage and sing and act like a fool. I'm quite comfortable with doing that because it's not me. Mm-hmm. Whereas just, straight to a camera doing a serious monologue or a monologue. For me, that's quite tricky. So full respect to anybody and everybody who took yeah. part in that because they did an amazing job. Now, segue, speaking of jobs, uh-huh. the Arts Centre's newest apprentice, Yes, yeah, yeah. Charlotte, has just been um, signed up by Mark, like Transfer Window signed up. Um, <laughs> now, for people who don't know what the Arts Apprentice does, obviously, Joe, you were the first one.
1: yeah.
0: Give us a quick, brief outline of what it means to be an arts apprentice, and where that journey is taking you to now.
1: Okay, so so the thing is with managed arts apprenticeships is that they are actually different ones. Yeah. So my apprenticeship has the the actual full title is is really weird. It's it's cultural learning and participation officer. But when we started, when I started working for the centre, we made sure that the name was listed. Um, on the organisation's documents as community theatre practitioner yeah. which is the same thing as what the apprenticeship is for. Charlotte is doing her apprenticeship in um, digital marketing. Yeah. And I I think Charlotte from what she was saying uh, really wants to specialise kind of in the graphic design area. Of yeah. that. But I suppose for for someone who's never ever done an apprenticeship before like like me I've never done an apprenticeship right, before. Right. Okay. So the apprenticeship at the art centre is about you train on the job, okay. So you kind of learn by doing, and then you underwrite all that learning on the job with um, with kind of assignments and coursework that help you to verbalise the stuff that you've you've figured out. A lot of what I've done, and a lot of what Charlotte will go on to do, is about taking the the day to day part of the job and making sure that you understand it. But also, at the same time, getting to do the job. So she'll be... I know now she's doing pieces of graphic design. She's building websites. She's um, constructing uh, pieces of branding for for some of our professional partners. So she'll be able to have a real sandbox of projects to work on rather than going and doing maybe a very theory-based degree and having all the tools but none of the experience maybe yeah that isn't to say that you know every degree is like that no but i certainly felt like coming and doing an apprenticeship here would mean that i'd get the experience and i'd be able to pin the experience with like the science-y theoretical stuff yeah and i think and that's th- the same for charles
0: and that's really interesting because a lot of people would on, on the outside would just think well Sure, they're just having fun because they they only see the side of you jumping around like like a nutter mm. and messing around with the kids and chasing and making loud noise and being daft. But it's interesting to see the other side of it as well and showing that although you do see the fun, so there is there is kind of the other side of it where it is quite a, a different side which does very fo- does very highly focus on the community mm. and the impact it doesn't have it does have on that.
1: And then, I mean, Jay, in terms of the next couple of weeks as we go back into sessions, so obviously, you know, that the apprenticeship is going on, but in terms of the volunteer team who are coming back, yourself, yeah. Rach, all the people in the cafe, what are your thoughts about what it's going to be like coming back?
0: I'm really looking forward to it. I've missed it loads, if mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest. Like, when I first, when I first started, I, I came up just to help with singing, and then, as you know, with the Arts centre, you do one thing it just rolls snowballs, yeah. and you're doing literally whatever you can to help. So for me, I, I've missed it because I was always busy doing mm. something or anything. So I'm, I'm really looking forward. To, I'm looking forward to seeing all the all the students, all the kids again, um, starting to do the productions. It sounds bad, but I'm looking forward to the stress of show week. Yeah. I'm looking so forward to much. that. Yes, 100%. To the, to, the, to the stress of a dress rehearsal, having mm-hmm. I mean, 90 kids just running around like absolute lunatics. And I'm looking forward to that sort of chao- yeah. chaoticness because I think with us all being locked down and things like that, you don't really get that and you kind of miss that. And I, mm-hmm. I miss kind of, the kind of madness and things. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and oh. seeing how the kids have grown out of lockdown because yeah. usually if you're, say for instance, when you used to go to school and you had six weeks off, Mm-hmm. And you go back and you go, oh my god! Don't they look different? Don't
1: they look different? Mm-hmm. Just seeing on the awards night. Oh, I know. just Recognising people, it's scary. I know. Liv Reynolds is basically Lizzie Maguire. <laughs> it's stupid. It's <laughs> mad. She's having the best Hillary Duff moment. She's having a better Hillary Duff moment than Hillary Duff. She really is. <sighs> <sighs> no,
0: but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it, and I, I can't wait to get cracking. Um, April the 12th, I think it is, isn't yes, it? First session back,
1: April the 12th.
0: We commence April the 12th, so I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to that. It's going to be a bit of a kind of teething process I think yeah, in the first couple of sessions yeah. but I'm just looking forward to it just 100% looking forward to getting to learn those scripts and getting back into the music and taking up my my back role of Ursula if somebody gets injured in Whoa. Little Mermaid because Whoa. well no Whoa. Well, Whoa. I, back off I, I did back an amazing off. audition for you're Ursula you're
1: in the Little Mermaid am I? I actually know this you're King Triton am I? are you? Oh, no, you're not. It's Aaron. <laughs> oh, my God. No, we can't tell. We cannot let Aaron think that we've recast him. He wants, you know, he actually voice noted me in this lockdown and said, if you just recast me, if it gets to like March and I've been recast, there will be hell to pay. So, no, 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 no. You're King Triton. You're not King Triton. Fe- feeling the verbal wrath of Aaron over a oh voice note.
0: No, thank you very much. Well, so, I, I don't mind being stage manager anyway and just oh,
1: yeah. messing can, around
0: being a random fish. and I'm sure I will. You can be. be a sea urchin. I don't think I've ever been called before, but thanks anyway.
1: <laughs> right, um, next up we have we have Mark. We've got a load of questions to get through and a load Loads. of stories to get through. So this, I think, this is a two-part episode.
0: Easily a two-part. Yeah. I'm personally, obviously, you work with Mark all uh-huh. day every day, so you know most of these stories. I'm looking forward to hearing and seeing the other side of Mark. So mm-hmm. as a parent, obviously, my little boy comes to the arts centre quite a lot. We, you just see kind of Mark when he's directing yeah. or after a show when he's announcing something, or sometimes during sessions. A lot of people won't, won't see the other side. So I'm quite interested to find out his backstory. Um, some things, maybe what, like you wouldn't really know. Maybe um, bring out the other side of Mark as well, the mm-hmm. fun side. I'm not saying he's not fun, but some people might just see this kind
1: of serious side. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. 100%. Right. Well. We're going to take a quick break, I'm going to get a new brew, Jamie's going to open a new bottle of Bud, and yes, i will see you in a minute. In a
0: minute. Well, Jay, we're back. We are back, and we are back with the main man, the gaffer, the man that runs the show, or he likes to think he does. Mr. Mark Ashton thought it was Alex. Then
2: no, it's definitely not Alex. Welcome to the Outside of Podcast. Thank you for having me, boys. I feel like uh, you just give me the big, the big build up there. I don't know whether I'm going to be able to live. It's all going
1: to go downhill rapidly. <laughs> yeah, here. I just don't know
2: whether I to be able to live up to it. To be quite honest with you, I don't
1: know. To be fair, I feel like that's you. You've handled the intro for for the guests today. Usually, it's just like here they are. I'm sure at one point we just went with Steph and We were
2: like, "Are you nervous?" She, just, yeah. she she was bricking it. To be fair, though, <laughs> I, I feel like though in this setting, it, it's, it's going to be. I keep reminding myself that we're actually meant that there's meant to be an outcome to this. Like I'm so used to just <laughs> chatting to you guys in in very similar circumstances without being mic'd up and going
1: well. Going out. It's a little bit like a, a a crossover of worlds in terms of like first of all, the, the this is where your leadership club podcast is obviously based and, and hosted out of. But equally, your leadership podcast, as far as I'm aware doesn't have um Bex Bex blue or Bex Red involved. Is Bex red a beard? And Joe in a Hawaiian shirt. So in actually, actually that bit and behind the scenes usually in a Hawaiian shirt. Quite a
0: garish Hawaiian shirt, if you've never seen it's quite it's orange. It's like a sunset
2: Shut yeah. your mouth! <laughs> yeah, it, do, it does because you know not. Yeah, like, like you say, this is our the the home of the Leadership Club podcast. Mm-hmm. I feel like you guys are imposters on the set today. But, absolutely, but it's actually good that, that you know. Yeah, you can't. It's rightfully like usually with the Leadership Club, as you know, we we film elements of it, and this is like a bit sort of. Uh,
1: I feel like that alludes to the idea that the only reason that there isn't <laughs> beers is it gets quite quick, possibly yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, in terms of. I think I think I I know the answer to this, but in terms of your title for the centre, what would you call it? Because it could be it could be so many things.
2: Yeah, it could be, and and it's it's been interesting. This like I've always hated the the sort of concept of being the chief executive. Sounds very Mm. um, pretentious. A a director I think crosses over. I suppose does both sides of the job, so the artistic side and maybe the the sort of lead inside. I think leader sounds a little bit too, you know, <laughs> too sort of something like you'd seen in the Lion King. Yeah. Um, so I think we we had this discussion about maybe rather than titles, just defining it with 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 three different words. So mm-hmm. you know, I think on my business card now, I and my email signature, I've got founder to give people an idea of kind of where it came from, director, uh, and the word leadership. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think. People don't. I don't really talk about titles now. I just talk about the kind of jobs that I do or the roles that I kind of have within the within mm. the organisation.
0: And right. speaking of three different words, just to jump in there, if you had to give Joe three different words that he put on his business card, what what would you give Joe? You're a cow, Jamie. Well, I'm I'm just probing. Me, many. No, probing. that's that. Go on. Well, well, I think
2: we did this. <laughs> I think we did this in the sense of you know we, we tried to f- define joe's role within three words as well so <laughs> you know i think i could give you a very you know i could give you the actual words i think which were something like t- technology apprentice and facilitator mm. apprentice. facilitator but i do i do think, i believe your apprenticeship is coming to an end so we I don't I feel know, like you know i, feel like, there's a, I feel like there's a gap in there is. that we can fill it with with something else so you know hans is on a postcard I, I i could tell you what I don't. I, do, I want to know about. <laughs> the, the, the,
0: these are things I want to get out. So the, the, what I want I to know is what, what, bleep what, any of these episodes, what words yeah. you would you would use if you if, for, for what Joe does. Um, Try and keep it clean, if you can.
2: <laughs>
0: for what Joe <laughs> does.
2: Yeah, no, I, I do think he's that. You know, I, I think pain in the ass is four words, isn't it? <laughs> Too many words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to cut all of you out. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: right. so, Mark, last week, not last week, last episode, we gave Rachel the challenge, which I thought she'd freak out with all the things that we tried to throw at her, and she seemed to be particularly calm. It was on Zoom, though, so she was probably, like, being fine. I'm surprised she turned time. up, to be fair. I know. Uh, well, she was late. She was mm-hmm. late. It needed to be walked, didn't it? <laughs> but one of the challenges that we set, Rachel, was to give her art's... Origin story in 60 seconds or less. We're wow. giving it to you. So, wow. not Rachel's arts origin story. <laughs> We're kind of over here now. It, it was, oh. it was literally
0: just about the Empire
1: for like 30 seconds of it, race, so... <sighs> the arts
2: origin story.
1: Wow, okay. So, it's going to be 60 seconds. Arts origin... Your arts origin story, which technically could be argued is the arts's origin story. Um, I'm saying art with a Z, not as in you created the entire concept of art. Um, (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, So, 60 seconds. Go for it. Okay, so 2011, the company was launched. After me having a previous uh, company, I fell out with the directors. We were going in two different directions. So launched uh, something called Ashton Arts Limited, 2011. Fast forward to 2014, I ended up uh, putting in a, a bid or, or a proposal to the council to take on the art centre in Birch Green, which we actually got in 2014. Um, in 2018, no, 2019, we ended up opening a second centre in Up Holland. Um, I, I said to my team at the time, I wanted to create our own story. So we've done 100 shows, we've taught over two and a half thousand kids. Um we've awarded, we've had over 500 kids do uh, performances. We have awarded three over 3,000 individual chapters to performers. So here we are, uh, 10 years on, and yes, we've done our own story. Good (laughs) job. (laughs) Good job. Beat (laughs) me.
1: Okay, so, I mean, Jay, pick where you want to start off. But for me, I'm interested in, you know... Right back at the start, yes, where here. you know there was a big decision to go rogue or go it alone, so to speak, and then probably you know a, a very conscious decision. And I know from from chatting to you about this, to to then go rogue for a while, but then bring on someone, and and it wasn't just anyone; it was it was someone who you'd known for you know where, whether that knowing knowing him for so long was a good thing or a bad. Probably, probably bad since it's Mike. Um,
2: but you know, someone to bring on that you knew for a very long time. What was all of that experience like? So you go right back to the beginning. So in two thousand and yeah, from from being sort of, um I suppose, well as I probably twenty twenty four, twenty three, something like that. I was working for myself, mm-hmm. had my own business, uh, was working with two other directors that we we started something very similar without the fact of buildings but we had you know a drama school performing arts school mm-hmm. we were putting on really really uh, big really professional shows and it became quite apparent five years into that journey that you know they wanted our sort of um an easy way of putting it i guess is the fact that we just wanted different things yeah. you know and i i, I I always hated the concept of or the notion of of quitting. I didn't I didn't want to be seen as the one that quit. Um, but I also felt, and I've I've kind of learned this a bit more recently, that that I also felt that I would be quitting if I carried on going down a road that I just didn't agree with. Yeah. So I, I took what was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever made, which was to resign from a business that I'd started, um, and I, I vowed never to go back to, to doing something that I didn't, I didn't uh, uh, believe in. So I remember sitting in, in my uh, flat at the time and I invited, um, Mike, obviously Mike around and my, my friends at the time, some of the, the team, swabi care people that would been there probably since the beginning. And I, I remember showing them the arts Zed on mm. my computer screen, which is nearly exactly the same as it is now. And I turned around and I said, this is going to be the new organization. And they all just immediately went, okay, great, whatever. You know, so we started off on that day in 2011 with a with – and I, what I didn't want to do was use any stories that, that had gone before because I felt that they were all with the other organization. So we were literally starting from – from scratch,
1: yeah.
2: albeit with a lot of experience and a lot of, um, a lot of kind of the, you know, um, skills under the, under our belt, we literally started the whole thing from, from scratch. Um, and yeah, we, we, we sort of went out and we, we started to, uh, approach the high schools and we ended up setting up three academies, if you like it in Latham, our ladies and Glenburn and started to try and offer, um, you know, a, a really high quality performing arts p- package, that was that was affordable and accessible to people across the town, um, and you know, as I say, from from there, that was that was the plan, and we you know we we'd kind of done this before, but we'd never we'd never sort of done it in this way, and then we quickly started to get a lot of um, interest from younger people as well. So like, this was all aimed at high school, and we started to get interest from from um, juniors um and we I always remember launching the first junior session um from our ladies on a saturday morning um so we we actually had this like sort of two tier system um and yeah you know we we actually launched it from there and it, it was quite humble beginnings i guess you know we we, we started with uh small classes and 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 just and just built it from there but I think the plan for us was to you know it was the long-term goal was yeah, let's teach these classes, but it was like, what's the end goal? And it was constantly about let, let's do as as many shows, as many create as many opportunities as we possibly can.
0: If you don't mind, I want to go back before that because we all know the kind of the mark who's done all the the arts centre and the things kind of building up to that. What made you as a as a lad from SCEM, want to go into sort of the arts and create a business for the community? around that because it's, it's not something that a lot of people would just expect, oh, well, it's, it's just there, it just happens because it doesn't, obviously, a lot of thought goes into it. So what made you think, actually, with my
2: people who have worked with in the past that this is what I want to do? I think I, I you know, when I was in school, I was very much um, a sportsman. I was very much into football and athletics and, you know, you name it, anything that was active, cross-country, I was massively into that. But I also had this kind of secret anchoring towards uh, the performing arts as well. And it was probably one of those stigmatized things at the time where, you, you know, you couldn't, you were either a footballer or you were, you were in the drama class. You wasn't, you wasn't doing both. Yeah. You know, and, and I would make excuses up like, oh, you know, I, I go to drama because that's where all the, all the girls are. Or, <laughs> you know, something along the lines of something that would, would I was able to kind of keep the, the ego up there. But actually, I had this sort of secret anchoring to be wanting to be involved. And I'd always wrote as well, like from being a, a young kid. I, I used to write a lot, the poetry stories. Um, and, you know, as, as a kid in school, I had a lot of influence that, that I didn't really know it was influence at the time. I just when I did said something, people would would do it. And I think that when when I got into year nine, year 10, uh, you know, we, we we started to get involved in in the shows and we had a, obviously a really good um a really good teacher at the time, Mr. And um, We I just got involved in in shows at school, um, and from from that point, you know, we ended up doing. I remember into year eleven, we did Oliver in year eleven with um, Laura, Francis, and Nicky Woods, and some of the some of those guys that, that you know that we we know within the centre, and um, for, I, I realised that from that point that that it was something I was always going to have to do and, and amazingly it actually was giving me the same kind of buzz and the same kind of feel as I was getting from, from playing football um, so I was into it right from that point and then I started to write shows and started to direct them and I started to pitch ideas to older people and they weren't they weren't really buying it yeah. it was like you don't know anything you're only 17 18 and then I got involved in some local uh, Amtram stuff and started to take a lead on stuff um you know and we we were you know going from there we we started to produce these these big shows of a really high quality and and i had this kind of uh, i suppose this knack of getting lots and lots of people involved and for me there, there come a time when i thought in order for me to do this more often i'm gonna have to do this as a job yeah because I was literally doing full-time job and that on the side. And then eventually it became, it became very much my, you know, not just my hobby and passion, but, but it became my, my career then. Yeah,
0: so, so at the start, it must have it been quite difficult for you going to something that, as a, as not a person from Skem, I wouldn't expect Skem to be very, one of those places that, it, that you would naturally associate with the arts. Might just my opinion, but I, I wouldn't think it it would be. So
1: oh, did, did you? I've wrote a paper all about that this week.
0: <laughs> I'll send you it. <laughs> so did when you were first building this company up, and um, did you receive any resistance from the community or any not backlash, not that's not the right word, but any kind of sort of resistance about what you were doing? Like why are you doing this? Why aren't you doing yeah. something that can help the community more? Did why the stigma
1: rear its
2: head? Yeah, exactly. That. I think I think the stigma is is is, is like it doesn't exist. Uh, it's one of those things with like a stigma, and I've I've tried to I've tried to kind of repackage this over the years. It's something that doesn't exist actually. Yeah. It, it, it's it's something that it, that inti- it exists kind of internally. So, so you think that there's, there's this thing out there called stigma, like it's a big person saying, don't do this and don't mm-hmm. do that. But actually, a lot of it is just how, how you feel internally. And I think once I got over that, you know, you get to sort of 16, 17, and you're not as, you're not as bothered about what, what people think. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, what I found was the people that I thought were seeing this as a bad thing, I always remember doing a show, and I was playing an ugly sister. Now, for me, dressed in drag, was, a, was a, it was like loads and loads of fun. absolutely loved it. But the thought of doing that and, and being found out about that would, would just have been an absolute no-no. Yeah. But I got to a point where I just thought, Do you know what? The stigma no longer exists, not because I'm out there, but I've actually internalised. I wasn't seeing it as a problem. And I always remember uh, doing a show and, and I, one of the lines was something, you know, you can imagine it pantomime, And I'd said, oh, ladies, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, who, who thinks that she is more beautiful than me? And I was obviously talking about my, my onstage ugly sister, yeah. a guy called Mark Hill, a good friend of mine. You know, and I always remember the, the captain of our football team. I was playing for Schem at the time. <laughs> And he said, I heard this this voice from the crowd go, I do, Ashy.'" <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I recognised that voice and I, I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And from there, from there on in, the secret was out. The cat was out the bag, you know, the secret was out. And I remember going to the football the following week and I, I said, um, the the, the manager would give me a different number and he said, Oh, you know, I'm um, I said, I'm, I'm number nine. And he said, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> and and you know what? It, it, I got chatting to all the, all the lads and people around, and, and they actually loved the fact. They loved the fact that, obviously, we were trying to do something for the community. We were, and, and more than that, I think they all secretly loved the fact that I had the, the kind of balls, if yeah. you like, to, to just do something that wasn't the, the, the norm, as it were. Yeah. So I think, yeah, you know, I think it probably comes down to an internal decision to go, I don't really care what people think anymore. And I think that was the difference. So
1: once the once the doubt or the stigma or, or the you know, once this once they were dismissed and, and the self-esteem is there to to do all of the going it alone and, and launching an organization or, or a creative one, what knowing what you know now? And what I'm, where I'm thinking of in this is, by the way, about five seconds ago, or 15 seconds ago, I did realise a striking resemblance between this entire scenario and the Oprah interview. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's just made my day. Um, not getting paid as much, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but you, where I'm coming from with this next question is, like you see, I know you do because I, I work next year, you see often a lot of people who come to you for practical business advice and consultancy on that so knowing what you know now to go back to when you were first launching a, a business not necessarily just a community cause or not just an idea but an actual business what would be maybe the the three pieces of of practical advice you would have given yourself and moreover would give to someone else who's going to
2: create their own business in 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 a 2021 climate? Well, I think that, that you know business is difficult. You know to do it right is is hard work. Anyone who's ever run a business, particularly a successful business, you'll know it's hard work. And I, I think that the advice that I my the first bit of advice is you've got to love it. Yeah. You've got to love it, what what it is that you're what you're doing, because when you love something, you can you can take anything that throws at you. And the best example I can give is children. So as as a, as a father. <laughs> the kids test you more than anything will ever test you mm-hmm. that it's the hardest thing you'll ever do but yet and Jamie you'll know this you you couldn't love it anymore mm-hmm. yeah so I think that you you have to love what it is that you're doing yeah. that would be the first the first thing the second thing that I've that I've found and this is this has happened throughout the whole of my time is is surround yourself with people not necessarily that love it yet yeah, they love it as much as you do that's probably not quite accurate because maybe no one ever does mm-hmm. but but surround yourself with people that that you know are, are all in and not just people that are all in as in you know it's good that everyone gets it your family will get it but people that that, that fill the, the needs or the gaps that you don't have mm-hmm. you know so i know what i am and i know what i'm not so i i, I find people that, that plug the gaps that 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 I that I have in my expertise or in my um personality or whatever. So so yeah, it would be find something you love, you know, find the people that that can help you um help you do it. And and I, I, I you know, there's probably a, a whole host of um of other things, but I suppose one of the, one of the things I would I would say is you know, is sort of be patient. You know, everyone wants to to do something right now mm-hmm. you know it's like oh i've, I've, I've had this business for f- six weeks and i've not had a customer do you know what i mean like people say to me oh you, you know you, you're doing really well there aren't you you know th- th- this is not a you know they, they say there's no such thing as an overnight success and and that that's absolutely true like i, I believe that what's happening now and the sort of team that we've got and the the, the places that we've got and the the stories that we've told have been you know, fifteen years in the making. they're not. They're certainly not overnight. So mm-hmm. I think you've got to you've got to be patient. You've got to be in it for the in it for the long haul. And I think when you do that, you you know you're not in a in a rush for success. So mm-hmm. they'd be my three. I could probably give you another another ten, but yeah.
0: And in regards to kind of obviously building up and setting up a business, is there anything throughout this throughout your journey with the art centre that you you go back and change? Think. I didn't do that right. Maybe if I did this, we'd be in this place. Or maybe we'd do this in this place. Or do you think actually everything's happened for a reason? It's the right reason we are where we're at now because of things are there to try us.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm absolutely of the opinion that the no no experience is a bad experience. You know, e- even the most difficult challenges of, of our lives. You know, I think about bereavement or um, you know losing jobs or you know those types of things they uh, they are blessings in disguise if you if you're willing to to dress them up like that you know so i i literally wouldn't go back and change any and I, that sounds like i'm it's a cop-out but I, I wouldn't go back and change any moment because i do believe that every moment has been uh, you know has, has contributed to us being in this position and i'm very very proud of where we are at the moment i, I love the people that i'm working with i, I love I love the kind of journey that we're on, but I don't think we'd be on that without all of the things that we've, we've done. So like my first business, as I was talking about before, if people said to me, I bet you wish you'd, you'd not done that now. I think, no, absolutely not. Because every, all those lessons that I learned during that business, I've, I've been able to kind of avoid this time. So, so I, do, I do think that, that, particularly in business, you know that, that you have to fail a lot but you have to have the you have to have the balls to, to be willing to fail, um, and and those little failures each time make you, yeah, make you better than than you were before.
0: Yeah, and, and and moving on to moving slightly forward now to Mark Ashton, the director. Do you remember the first arts show you directed, and do you remember the feelings around that? Like, was it nervousness? Was it, oh my god, this is the our first show as the arts centre? Is it? this is a big thing or was it kind of
2: just business as normal, let's just do it as we usually do it? Or So I feel like, you know, the Arts Centre, it's hard to, to, I think this is worth mentioning, that, that some people think that the, the business started with the art Centre and it didn't. The, 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 the business started in 2011. The art Centre only came in 2014. In 2011, um, I think we did one show. I think in 2012 we did two or maybe two or three And it was only that when we we actually got the art center that we, we we really started to, to, to motor, if you like. Um, and obviously that's where a lot of people pick the story up from is when we, when we had the art center. Um, but yeah, the very, very first show that we, that we did was, um, was like a solo that we've, we've done so many times before. And I think we had about 12 performers. Um, and it was a, a show that I'd done many, many times before in the past. It was actually called The Voice. We used yeah. to do it years ago. It used to be called The Voice, and then someone actually created a TV show called The Voice. And so said you're that we saying were, you created we the copying. voice? You created? So the I voice. absolutely created the voice. That's fine. That's um, happening with me and singing. About two I years don't think yeah, it's really, um, Shut up, Jamie. But yeah, you know, I, it felt like The Voice at times because yeah, I did feel that nobody was watching it. Not <laughs> the other to you, you know? um, So yeah, you know, we we were. But, but I'd gone bear in mind. I'd gone from having. Uh, you know maybe a hundred odd students that was exceptionally good, you know your previous guest on the podcast, Rachel McGrath, was one of them, and then I went to having having a new set of students, some of them with no experience whatsoever but I, that wasn't i didn't i wouldn't mind about that i, I thought we know how to do this and yeah. we and we just again like back to patience, it was like it was like we we're, we're in this for the long haul we've got twelve this time, we might have fifteen next time we might have. Do you know what I mean? And, and and I do remember it. And it was in the engine rooms. And it was just called solo, and everyone just sung a song that they wanted to sing, and it was compared by me. And um, yeah, I remember. I do remember that that time. But it's not that I'd, I'd never done that event before. Uh, but I was nervous because it was like you know what, this is this is us putting ourselves out there for the very very first time. Yeah.
1: Well, then it obviously then took time to get to get a building, And I think it'd be really interesting to find out a little bit of what that process was like getting the first building. But obviously, technically, Jay and I weren't around for that, but have been around for the second one. And, you know, if we were being really naive, what what we've seen is um, you get the keys one month and then four months down the line, there's 100 odd students in the building and, you know, it's, it's... Dozen classes and a thriving centre. So, what is that? Is that just the norm? It just takes four months to go from zero to a hundred, or what? Why has that happened?
2: Well, you know, I, I think it's a really it's a really interesting point, and and you know, the the, the art centre in Scam is you know based on or was. um, when we got it, it, was based on the old community centre model, and the community mm-hmm. centre model is that we in SCAM, you know, they, they built community centres in each in each ward, so Birch Green, Ashurst, Tannhouse, Digmore, mm-hmm. you know, an old scam, and they they had these, and the idea is that people rent the space, and and that's what happens, you know, and it's no coincidence that the reason why in 2014 West Lancs Borough Council put those buildings up for community asset transfer which was basically a way of saying, we can't afford them, we can't utilise them in the mm-hmm. way that they're meant to be utilised. A, it was defo just because they found that there was water coming through the rooms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quite possibly. Um, and, and what they did was they made them kind of available to those that, that I wouldn't say the highest bidder, but the ones that, that could prove that they were most capable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that model... Which a lot of money gets spent. I mean, I'm talking hundreds of thousands, of millions of pound, not just in West Lancs, but across the country. And is that what's that on? Is that just on the running, on the, the running internet. costs? Mm-hmm. You know, mismanaged running costs and a model that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a model that doesn't work where people go in there and they're, they're just paying tenants. The idea is to create some ownership, to create a community, to create kind of. Um, to give everyone skin in the game. So whether you're just renting it or whether you're part of it, you know, that you're involved. So so we we ended up putting in, um, I, I put together a proposal and I put it to the council. Um, and the idea was to create the art center. So was, and one of the, 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 the early knockbacks that I got was, it's not a community center. <laughs> Bear in mind, the community center model didn't work. Mm-hmm. And my argument was, it's absolutely a community center. We're going to be doing, you know, classes for, for everybody. We're going to be in shows where nans and granddads, mums, dads, babies can get involved. Why is that not a community centre? But they were all existing in the old construct of if you didn't have the Kratty in on a Monday, the Dog Club in on a Tuesday, <laughs> and the, you know, the, the, the mums and tots on a Wednesday, then it, somehow it wasn't a community centre. Mm-hmm. I was just using, I just wanted to use art as the vehicle to... You know, you know, to bring people together, but not just a specific catchment to bring everybody together. The council said it it was too ambitious. They thought it was a great idea, but it was too ambitious. They said that what what happens if you get hit by a bus? Um, They asked me questions like, "Who would do the cleaning?" You know, (laughs) mad things like that. They said it was too aspirational. You know, and it, it, it was so frustrating. And and the art centre we. The, the one in birch green was actually the third time the third time that I'd, I'd actually pitched the same thing for a building and each time you know we tried to we, we'd actually tried to bend our model in order to suit what the council's council was looking for they wanted a three-year plan they wanted a five-year plan they wanted a 10-year plan bear in mind this is a these were people that, that didn't know what was happening from one day to the next with these community centers and we, so we gave them a 10-year plan, and the 10-year plan was to have, um, you know, photo studio, was to have a, um, a recording studio, to have classes in all areas, to be able to make our own costumes, to do... We had this really ambitious plan, and we, we had actually achieved that plan in 10, in 10 months. So from 2014 to the end of 2015, the 10-year plan that the, the council of would we'd already we'd already done you know, so by the time we'd actually come to to do that thing again, you go back to saying about up here mm-hmm. it it yeah it, it's not that it's not that you, everyone can do that in four months, but when you when you've spent fifteen years figuring out how to do this stuff you you can do it much quicker mm-hmm. um, and, and you know and a team that that, that knew how that worked and a reputation that preceded us, and you know, c- capital that we we built. I think then you you can actually come in and you can you can click your fingers and pretty much. Mm-hmm. But what it does say actually that is, what did it say about Up Holland is that every community people said to me, you can you replicate it? So my question back to them was, the question you've got to ask is not can we replicate it, but does the the community that we're going to does it need an art center? Could it benefit mm-hmm. from a place that offers a really high quality product to pretty much everyone in it? And the answer is always, always gonna be, yes, it could. So mm-hmm. that's why I know that, that it could be replicated because it's not just about, oh, that way you go singing and dancing. It's, <laughs> it's much more than that as we, as we know. <laughs>